The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to From the Pink Seats Podcast of the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Jacob Lane, Matt McGavin, and Vince Lococo. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the Pink Seats Podcast. Jacob Lane, Vince Lococo, Matt McGavick. You just heard that on the intro. But just a reminder, the gang is here. We are back talking football Got some nice time off. You guys did a great job carrying the torch with G-Fed uh, with the episode right after the season. It feels like football, we do this every year, but it feels like football was like an eternity ago that that season ended. Like we're already in 2024. It is just crazy how quickly we we Matt McGavick the season and turn that, close the book and turn that page all the way freaking over. From the Pink Seeds Podcast, presented by Frankfurt Avenue Liquors and Wine, ladies and gentlemen, you are getting ready to stock the bar. That is what you are about to do. The holidays are here. It is a holiday edition of From the Pink Seeds Podcast. We're going to get into the holiday bowl, but when you stock the bar this holiday season, make sure you do it at Frankfurt Avenue Liquors and Wine. Not only can you stop in and shop for wine, shop for liquor, stop for beer, get what you need at the liquor store. You can sit at the bar and order a drink as well. There are TVs. It is a great atmosphere, and it is home to the Christmas pop-up bar. You've got just a limited amount of time. Christmas is right around the corner, but this weekend, limited reservations. You can call them up by phone. Check the number in the bio or in the description of the show here. Uh, whatever platform you're listening to, you can give them a shout. It is dope. We will be there this weekend. I cannot wait. Visit them on louisvilledrinks.com. Follow them on social media, all that. And, of course, State of Louisville Podcast Network powers this whole shebang here, Kern's Corner. We're thankful for the partnership with UofL Report, Matt McGavick. Matt, thank you for coming on the show. It's great to have you here. Be sure to follow him on all platforms. Follow the State of Louisville at the State of Lou. It's a great day. Glad to talk football, gentlemen. I've been real tired. Work has been a real pain in terms of the amount of time I have been pouring in. It's really funny. I'm sitting here today just exhausted, just like, how am I going to get to the end of this day? 
And this background pops up on my computer that I set like two years ago that says nobody cares work harder. And it is a constant reminder that my problems are insignificant when it comes to the reality of how great football is. So we're here. We're talking football. There's a lot to get into tonight. As I mentioned, we're going to talk about the Holiday Bowl. We're just a couple days away. I know it is basketball season or so it should be. It is not really. Uh, but uh, that is What's basketball. That's right. Exactly. But the Holiday Bowl is just a few days away following Christmas uh, against USC. So we'll dive into that game. And then, of course, uh, today is, uh, as we record this episode on Wednesday, December 20th, it is National Signing Day. A lot has gone down. Uh, been a fairly productive, drama-free day for Louisville football. That's not the case for programs like Florida. <laughs> Uh, Billy Napier, I'm sorry, man. It's not not a good day. We we we've, we've had better days. Yeah, I think we all have had sad dude, man. Do we know? Do you, do you get any recruits? I I really have no idea. I, I have don't no really follow Cincinnati. That like that. Signed, they they signed. Uh, I don't know. Looked about like two rows worth of uh. You you picture a graphic, a football graphic, about two rows worth of players. So probably about twelve. Okay. Okay. All right. That's great info there, man. That will really. There's your Cincinnati football update. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There Only you the go. There you go. Update. Well, th- that is the um, the lowercase e and experts when it comes to football and Vince Lacoco oh, talk oh, recruiting. Oh, oh, oh. Well, hey, hold on. We got the big capital E expert, Louisville former Louisville football recruiting assistant Grant Mulligan is going to join the show. Our good friend. He's going to give us the lowdown on what to expect with some of these guys, the big names in the class. Vince gives you the great information. What are you going to do with that? You're going to use that every day of the week. You're going to go and you're going to apply that. Uh, But Grant is going to bring you the football knowledge so that when you're talking football at the bar or at the dinner table this holiday season or when you're watching the game, you can you could say, hey, Ransom McDermott. I can, let me tell you a little bit about Ransom McDermott. That's what we're going to do on the show tonight. That's right. And we'll talk about the portal because a lot is going on for Louisville as they build out this roster. Really, no sleep. No sleep until the offseason. Already getting this roster turned around. When I say turned around, that makes it sound like there's a lot of uh, you know overhaul. But really just upgrading and spots and starting to fill holes for a, a year that is starting to kind of look again like they could be a very competitive team. So we'll dive into all of that uh, and much more on the show. We'll finish the predictions on the year, uh, put a bow on all of that fun stuff. Uh, So stick around for all of that. Uh, But we'll first start with happy hour. Very quickly, we will go through some of our favorite non-Louisville football topics uh, to start off the show with our friends from Mr. and Mrs. Bourbon. There is no better time to drink Mr. and Mrs. Bourbon because you can now buy it online. Instead of having to go to the store, you can't do that. If you would like to order it for a gift for somebody that you know, you can now order Mr. and Mrs. Bourbon via sealbox.com. We will share the link out. Check out our Twitter for that. Uh, and you can order four of those bottles there. Just some of the, the best bourbon that you can get and drink for yourself or give as a gift this holiday season. So we'll start off as we drink uh, to that uh, with some some fun football stuff here. And guys, one thing I learned this weekend is that you can be – like you, you always hear this this kind of you know um, this saying in, in football or in basketball, like a player's coach or you know a hard ass like a Rick Pitino or you know uh, a Bill Parcells. But I, I'm learning that there is this new this new mold of college of of football coaches that are just dope people 
uh, and guys who just do things the right way in every form or fashion. And that is exactly what we got with Mike McDaniel. So cheers to him for being the coolest coach in the NFL. I don't know if you all saw the clip that uh, was from, I think it's from, what is it? Their hard, their hard knock season. The in-season hard knocks. In-season hard knocks. I'm much yeah. more of a fan of in-season hard knocks than I am preseason hard knocks. Cause I mean, we're, it's cool watching a game on Sunday and seeing how the team, you know, reacts, gets their ass ripped in a team meeting, like what we saw with McDaniel. Like, I I love it. Yeah. I, Hard Knocks has been some of my favorite football content for a long time. In fact, up until the last couple of years, like where streaming has really become like a kind of daily part of our lives and trying to get things like HBO is a little bit more challenging. I always made it a priority every year to find a new email address to do a free trial of HBO to watch, watch hard knocks. <laughs> like every year that was an expert at finding email addresses to keep my free trial going. Uh, so I love it. But what I loved about this clip in particular, uh, and we'll try to share it out again from the Twitter account so that uh, there's some context here. But what I love about this clip from Mike McDaniel is he's talking to his team following a game is being able to stand in front of a, a group of 53 dudes knowing that you don't look like a football guy, right? You're five, six, maybe 185 pounds soaking wet, probably less than that. You, you wear glasses. You like, you kind of look like a nerd. You do wear you look ones. cool. Yeah. Kind of looks you, like a hipster. <laughs> yeah. It kind of yeah. like, a, yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Like for us, cool dude, but for football guys, like that's not Pretty the typical cool, mold that they have for, for coaches, but what you see is this dude who just like he just gets all of it just from top to bottom the way to address players to hold them accountable to hold himself accountable that is a skill that a lot of us including myself struggle with so he's standing in front of his team uh, owning to like i really effed up right here in this play calling situation like that's me to my madden squad after i've called the wrong third down like <laughs> i'm like guys i really failed you here this is a user error oh, this you? Is i computer. played the game that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the difference between the two of us. You're like, damn, I knew the play. I knew exactly what to do. F this game. I'm like, come on, guys. I'm sorry. I really fa- I really failed you throwing that go route on third and, and you know, third and four when I should have just ran the, the, the HP draw. But, no, I really find it re- refreshing to see a coach own it. Uh, if it's, what do you, have you ever had a coach like that that's this cool and kind of – being able to, like, get a message across but also, like, just be a very cool person – uh, I mean, I've had coaches like that for sure. Nick Carwell was awesome to be around. Uh, Pete Thomas was awesome to be around. Uh, Colby Smith under Coach Petrino, plenty of guys. I mean, in my opinion, this is how you have to be in the new age of college football. Like, no longer is are you like players today laugh at how people used to do stuff and train in like the '90s and stuff like that, where it's like, oh, we did three two a days and lifted six times a day and. Ate rice and cornbread all week. Like, no, that's not that's not productive. You beat your body down. It's not good for you in the long run. Like, and half of y'all can't walk anyways. So it's like, in my opinion, this is this is how you do stuff. This is how you run run your organization. Every coach needs to take a page out of you know Mike McDaniel, Mike Tomlin, like on how you treat your players and how you get the, that's how you get the most out of your players. That's why Tua Tagovailoa. Went from a eh, can you really win ball games with Tua to like, you know, they're only a couple pieces away from making some serious Super Bowl noise. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt that Mike McDaniel is actually a good coach too. Now, right. granted, he's got Tua, Tyreek, Raheem Mostert, uh, Devon Achan, Waddle, Waddle um, and 
bunch of other pieces. Yeah, but, like, like most they've got those, a squad, but he's he's a good X's and O's guy too. He he is right, and like that whole tree that he comes from is be has been built on being able to get the most out of the guys that you have, and we've seen that. Like Raheem Mostert, of course, is dynamic. I think leads the NFL in touchdowns, but he's played for what three or four different teams. Been kind of like a. Third, like a part of a, a a trio or part of a, you know, a group of backs has never been the guy. And then, you know, obviously uh, A-Chain is a, a rookie, what, third, fourth rounder. You know, that's not somebody that typically just walks in and, and is a star like we, we saw early in the season. I love Mike McDaniel. I think he's my favorite football coach, honestly. I would love – love for him to be like the coach of the Ravens maybe someday or get Lamar in Miami that probably would make all of us happy here we could just meet in the middle there so we'll see yeah my cheers this week has to go to Sean Stilato and uh the Louisville Fire legend it came to my attention this week boys uh after listening to uh part of my take and uh somebody that follows me on Twitter Mike Turner tweeted out that he played for the Louisville Fire, and I had no clue. And it okay. absolutely blew my mind. So also, for the audience who doesn't know who that is, explain, just give us a quick oh, synopsis uh, yeah, of I who Sean Stellano is here. Tommy DeVito's agent, the guy that's been making waves all over social media, the green suit, the fedora, all your, you know, he's – and this past week he got inducted into the – what was it? The, the uh, Italian Sports Hall of Fame. Man. Italian is- American Sports Hall of Fame. Had no clue that was a thing, but I definitely that is my life striving okay, goal okay. to be in that now. <laughs> Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Our show now has a purpose. We have yes, a purpose. Yes, we have a purpose now. How do we get Vince Lococo on the ballot for this, this I mean, Hall of Fame? What do we do? That, we need to know. We need somebody to do the research and give us the game plan. This is a Hall of Fame that you should be a part of. Uh, shout out to to our guy here, and we should again, Vince. We should retweet this picture out so that, that the, our uh, the audience can know what we're talking about. Oh, this it's is just classic, what legends are made of, man. Classic remember, JT early two thousands frosted tips. I mean, the, what, the, the choker chain. What brings this all together is if you go back to the last offseason interviewing Greg Brom, Louisville's chief of staff, he talked about he was the offensive coordinator and the marketing manager. Managing a guy like this, man. This is who he's calling plays for. How about the world, man? It just has a way of working out in such a cool, fun football way. Cheers to that, man. I love like like the shirt the shirt from uh from Big Cat it says I what was it not Italian not but Italian a but I, I'm supportive yeah but a supportive <laughs> man I'm telling you I'm I am here for the for all of my Italian brothers and sisters I think like just, part of the criteria I think part of the criteria is you have to like make homemade meatballs by hand and be able to quote like the Rocky quote about uh getting knocked down and getting back up uh in your speech he was talking about his speech a little bit today and i was like oh my god that sounds like every italian american's like grandparents story of like oh my grandpa came over from the boat did this that the other i'm like sounds like my yeah (laughs) yeah man i'm just here for paulie d being the quarterback in the new york giants like tommy devito is jersey shore but like to a t man it's just a match i'm all in on tommy devito i I might need to get a jersey (laughs) Shout out to Tommy DeVito. Please man. get a jersey. That is, we, are, for- we are a, a Tommy DeVito supportive podcast here, man. All right, last thing here on um, Happy Hour before we roll into talking with Grant recruiting. I love this, guys. Like, you, you all, I think we've all talked about, we're, we're all three video game players. Like, that's, yes, very active. 
I've been playing my dynasty in 2K the last couple of weeks, man. I'm really getting Shy Gilgis Alexander, Chet Holmgren. My boys are working, man. We are getting in, we are getting deep into playoff season. I'm about it. I am in it. I'm invested. I get the kids ready for bed. I get about 15 to 20 minutes a night, and we are going to work. We're getting a half game in at a time, and we're getting into the playoffs. But we are all video game players. We all love football video games, I would assume. Do we all play football games? Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, yeah. Halfway into the season with the Giants and Tommy DeVito as we speak. I believe it. I totally <laughs> believe it, man. Somebody's got to win a Super Bowl for those Italians. Yeah. And, and I did a, I did a fantasy draft um, for a franchise. I got the Colts and I picked up Aaron Rodgers. And uh, yeah, I've already gotten some injuries on my team. So, you know, dealing with that right now. But, yeah. you know, we press onwards. You're just living your That's dream right, with man. an actual quarterback. See, exactly, man. That's the thing. This is what video games do for us. I've become the star offensive coordinator, right? Matt is the GM of the team. Vince is out here being the Italian mafia, just hitman from the video He's game. He's the bag man. He is <laughs> from the video game standpoint. Uh, but college football, the video game was a big, big, I love that game. Loved it so much. Uh, I had it every single year. It was in the rotation of games that I got annually. And it is coming back. The lawsuit, if you remember months ago, we covered on the show. The lawsuit was there to try to get these players paid more. And there were some questions whether this game was going to happen. That's been dismissed. This game is moving forward full force. We will get a game next summer. And we're talking about who's on the cover already. That's a debate that's happening. So cheers to college football video games and the debate we all need in our lives. In a time where we are, uh, there's so many political divisions and so many things that keep us from being one. And the debates get so nasty. This is the debate that will bring us all back to the dinner table to have fun and laugh. And that is who will be on the cover. Right now, folks are talking about Shadur Sanders. I think that's really interesting uh, to be the, the cover athlete. He Would you guys agree that he's the face of college football right now? In, in a college football landscape where there's 300 teams, it's hard to have a face. But he has the highest NIL worth. He is the most notable. He has the most brand deals. He has the most pull. Yes, his father is Deion Sanders, and that does play a major <laughs> role, just like Bronny James's father is LeBron James. And like Arch Manning. Arch Manning's dad is Cooper Manning, who we did see at Roosters this week. We're still on Arch Manning watch. Uh, but no, what, like what? I, uh, I, I, yeah, I, but what do we If y'all had to pick one right now, who would y'all, who would y'all go with? Though? It's Lamar Jackson. I, I, don't, I don't know if I would go. Oh, well, obviously. No, for right now. I'd yeah, if you had Daniels to pick a current, would, would that just be a new Heisman thing of like, kind of like, obviously like the Heisman House commercials where we just throw, oh, we'll just throw our latest winner in here and produce some, the latest commercial or. I uh, See, I um, would think like for the sake of the game and the brand and the athletes, I would think that you have to go from that approach because Jaden Daniels is going to be an NFL draft pick here in a few months in April, right? Like, so like the Heisman approach, typically the Heisman always goes pro for the most part. There is your rare sophomore, but it's almost like you have to do what Madden does, what 2K does. You have to capitalize on who is the famous face of the brand, or who right. is somebody you can make the face of the brand. Like, like I don't want, I don't want us to miss out on an opportunity where I know it didn't work out for him the year after this, but Howard Matthew, the year he was in the Heisman contention was, I believe, his sophomore year when he had that big blowout year, and then if you all remember, he got arrested that following summer. But if he hadn't had that issue, and we were in this kind of landscape, like he is the player, you know. Out that isn't a quarterback, you know, that isn't an offensive player that would be primed to be like thrown on that cover and it's instantly selling thousands of copies just off of, you know, the swag and the stuff. Like basically, you got to have, yeah. you got to have, you gotta have See, the look. 
That's why well, I, I think Shadur like has a decent argument. He has yeah. the watch. He's got the chain. Like you have to have the look. Exactly be. right. You got to be a cover athlete. The, gotta, the, the yeah. picture of Tebow and at Florida State with all the uh, paint, red paint on him when he's flexing and stuff. Like that's that's a cover. See, but w- what I think they should really do have regional covers. Like say, oh, you, I didn't even think about that. That'd be cool. You say you're marketing to like the north. I don't have like JJ McCarthy or Kyle McCord on there. Well, before transfer, well, he's going to Syracuse. It and up north, no matter. But the if K-Pans it's in be the real pissed whenever Lamar will be on the cover of the South, yeah. <laughs> and then as SEC country have Jaden yeah. Daniels on there, or yeah. you know someone like that out west have either Bo Nix or Michael Penix, you know something something like that. Because I mean, this this game's going to do numbers when it comes out. But I mean, this is just another way to even further market. Yeah. The game. All I, I'm going to say is I'm not going to boycott the game, but I'm definitely going to buy it if there's no Lamar Jackson. Fantasy or not fantasy, but the uh, remember how they did the throwback Heisman oh. stuff? If there's yep. no like playback with Lamar Jackson, I'm going to be very disappointed. I think it's going to be really important for the growth of that game to obviously lean into like the online play and being able to, you know, have that same kind of feel that Madden does. The two K, the way the two K's like world is built in the my player game, like they're going to need to be all of that. But you know, I'm really excited for it. I think it's a really good brand building piece. I think they should put a current athlete on versus a former athlete. Um, and, you know, I can't wait, man. I, I'm practicing. I'm I'm getting ready. I'm, you know, my concepts, my my air raids, my West Coast. Uh, you're going to run that bus. Scott Satterfield offense. It's going to be straight yeah, outside my, zone, my zone, triple. Yeah, my you're going to line up. I'm going to be like, zone. I know what Let's this go, is, man. man. Let's go. I like, the, I like the running gun. Let's go. Yeah, triple option, whatever it is, man. We're going to be putting in the work on our film. I wish I – I still – I would do anything to have my 2014 Denard Robinson game back. What I would do – I'd pay an insane amount of money. If I there is a kids. good – that game is the only reason I still have my 360 plugged up. I haven't turned it on in a few months, though, so I hope it's Yeah, my friend quick. Jordan is – But the only reason like... I – yeah, the only reason I haven't sold it or like just thrown it out is because yeah. I still have because you my were game. you were holding on hope that it would someday re re you know uh, reinvent itself and hit the the shelves again and now we're gonna get that but you can't get rid of that system until that happens for sure it's gonna be a lot of 2014 games for sale a couple of weeks before 2024 comes out so I mean we can get a bargain and then have some tournaments and do whatever but now I'm excited for it. Um, and that really that leads us perfectly into our next segment, and, and we'll bring Grant Mulligan on to the show. Again, I mentioned former Louisville football recruiting assistant, um, you know, somebody who I really value the opinion of from a football film uh, and just analysis standpoint. We're going to walk through some of the big names to know in that, in the, the class for Louisville, who signed, uh, thankfully, who, who flipped, who didn't flip. Not a lot to really discuss there as well as dive into the transfer portal and what uh, you can kind of expect from this this class, man. It's really exciting to see 16 commits for Louisville already. The uh, the next the next wave of Flyville, we're already there. It's just – it's insane. It's, it really is still like I have to kind of like pinch myself that we've already gone through a full year of Jeff Brom. We've already gone to an ACC title as a fan base and as a team. Like this is – this is just the beginning of years of sustained success. And it's just like, still like, holy shit. Like I, I just, I, I have to remember what this is like from so, so many years ago. It's fun. I, still, I like I, it. I still wish we would change from Flyville to 
something else. I don't know. I just don't like Flabbo that much. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I liked I liked how it was year to year. How I don't know. I think maybe that yeah. was a Torino thing where it was a yearly cycle. I don't know. Maybe it was just I, don't know. I thought it was creative. You say that, Matt. You give me a yeah. Shrug your shoulders. It was it was I mean, nice, but I, I like marketing, Jacob's marketing mind over there is already spinning three different ways to concept twenty five into a one word saying yeah. <laughs> just anything better than freaking whatever it was in 2018 fast city or whatever the hell they speed, speed city, city. Speed speed city. city. <laughs> yeah fast city but my with gosh the horse and yeah with the yeah the team yeah. media guy with fucking justify in the middle <laughs> that's a great story if you, clip if art right not, there. Yeah, if, you're, if you're not a long-time listener that's a great story go back and listen to the episode with lottie stockwell about two years ago great by Petrina story there so We'll go ahead. We'll transition to a break. Uh, and on the other side, we'll bring in Grant. We'll sit down. We'll talk recruiting. We'll talk transfer portal. And then dive into the Holiday Bowl and what's next for Louisville football. Do not go anywhere. Shout out Kearns Corner. Shout out Frankfurt Avenue Liquors and Wine. We will be right back on the other side. From the Pink Seats podcast is brought to you by the fine folks at Frankfurt Avenue Liquor and Wine. You can find them at 2115 Frankfurt Avenue, right next to the Manhattan Project. Full bar service and a full liquor store. Stop in there today and tell them from the Pink Seats podcast sent you. We do this once a year, twice a year. I've lost track of how the recruiting cycle goes. The portal, as we know, never sleeps. Like one and a half. One and a half times a year, we get to talk signing day fax machines and we have no no better uh person to bring on the show than everyone's favorite fax machine guru you know everything about the fax machine and that is grant mulligan former louisville football recruiting assistant grant i was going to say the the other name but i don't i don't want to do that you can do that if you want to Wait, but welcome funny, into the it's show funny, it's funny you say fax machines because like everything i learned about how to fix a printer and to do with the printer i learned from philip hicks and uh the louisville football staff so. See, <laughs> they, the printers and fax machines still matter when it comes to recruiting. Don't let anybody tell oh, you does. otherwise. Oh, it still does. Nobody uses more paper than a football office. I tell you that. But that—that's <laughs> a great. That's my first. My first line of the of the show. What's going on, guys? Grant Mulligan, State of Louisville football recruiting analyst, former student recruiting assistant for the University of Louisville football program. It's great to be back. I'm ready to talk recruits. Who I live it. I me, breathe it, man. This, get, I'm done. You all, I'm just going to get out of here. Grant's got this, man. Look at him coming man. in here with the He's height. I didn't yeah, want to. I didn't want to. Season just, four, man. I'm, I'm yeah. here for it. Grant I didn't want to just come in and let printer talk be my whole thing. I'm the printer guy. I sit by the printer. We could do a little bit of all of that. But, hey, yeah, right. this is a very important day for Louisville football. You know, the, this, this day – it's just kind of like the overall landscape of college football is really interesting because it doesn't feel like it has the same oomph that it did when, when I was maybe in high school or in college where I remember watching, you know, whether it was watching just on Twitter or watching the feed or really like watching, you know, player commitments on ESPN, all of that stuff. Like it used to be so much fun to follow the flips. There were some great flips during the Satterfield era. The De- Devon Warmer one is the one that comes to mind. Some not so great flips. Trevor Purdy late in the, oh, in the game sense. there. Yeah, but uh, it's always fun on signing day. For the last couple of years, we've joked about the, the highs and lows of signing day. But 
Uh, I always I do enjoy talking about the the high school commits uh, and now signees um, and really kind of where they fall in line, obviously the first year, but really down the road. Um, and, and Grant, again, great person to talk to. It's been you've been you've been out of the game a couple of classes now, right? I mean, what, what was the last class? Year. What was the last class you scouted? Do you remember the last class I had full involvement in? was 2022 the last class i had evals written for was in 2023 so but when brewer left i don't know if anyone kept any of my evals anyways it's not like anybody (laughs) listened to him when i was there anyways so yeah somewhere in the archives those exist those notes i would pay money for those notes but i haven't that's what we i i should have saved a bunch of i should start reading them all i know who a lot of my like sleeper guys were that blew up big so I could keep receipts. But <laughs> I should have kept my evals because I, I wish I could look back on that now. But don't let that lead you into a false sense of security thing and I'm not still watching tape. I'm still here. I'm still watching tape. Always Even watching though I'm not tape. in the business anymore. Always running film. I'm always running film. So well, do you have we, your own clicker by now? Like your own little not, I need to, button thing? I need to, but I one thing I will never forget is to never leave my cursor on the film screen. And that's something that's so deeply ingrained in me that yeah, that was a brewer thing. <laughs> that's like, a nice brewer, tip, man. That's a very nice tip. You got he get up, upset at me if I left the cur if we're about to watch tape and I left the cursor in the middle of the screen, like and in the way of tape, he would get mad. Well, I and yeah, it makes sense because I get pissed when people do that. Say we're streaming like a fight or something like that, and somebody leaves the mouse. I understand. Screen, I get like, it. I'm right not in saying... the middle of this. I'm staring at it the entire time until it moves. Yeah, I'm not saying. I'm not saying he's I'm wrong. Doing it right I'm now, actually. It. It's on Matt's head. It's bothering me. <laughs> Shiny. I know. Got right. blocked the glare, man. I say the a... fellow baldy. The two of you all on my screen are side are like a top and bottom here, and it is just a lot of bald going on. I love it, man. <laughs> this is just great. This is great. Uh, the, the, the bald content we all needed. Well, let's talk a little bit about what Louisville did uh, in the transfer portal. Uh, but we'll start with the with national uh, letters of intent. Fourteen of them for the for the Cardinals today, and it's always really interesting to see kind of what a coach does in in his first full class. Obviously. Um, Jeff Brown walked into a really nice situation last year with some of those guys like Pierce Clarkson, like, um, you know, Julio McClain, Jamari Johnson, um, um, Madden Sanker, some of those guys uh, ultimately he kind of battled for down to the very end, but won some some recruiting battles and had some that just kind of fell into his lap already being committed to Louisville. So this really his first full class. And it took a little bit to get going at the start. You know, there were some some nice big additions. Um, you obviously had TJ Capers reclassify up a year, but uh, Grant, let's talk a little bit about this class top to bottom. What are you just? What are your thoughts on on where Brom shakes out year one with his recruiting class uh, and getting all these guys signed? So the very impressively, we only lost one commitment in the lead up. Lost Cole McConaughey to Miami, which we more or less saw coming. I wish him the best. I actually think he was a bit of an underrated player. I think he could have seen some snaps probably later in his career. But, of course, wish him the best. Obviously, he felt he had a better opportunity there. But I think it's remarkable that Brom has been able to hold commitments, both in in last year as well. I mean, he was fighting an, an uphill battle in a class where none of the guys were his 
recruits on the lead up and he kept a remarkable amount together. And we see again, he, he seems to have a great knack for retaining commitments. So I think that that's something that hopefully we see continue, but if that's something that's actually a hallmark of his recruiting game, that's a great, great skill to have. They could really use that down in uh, Gainesville, Florida right now. Uh, Cause clearly they don't, they don't have a coach who can do that, but um, <laughs> I would, I would hesitate shifting gears a little bit. I would hesitate in calling this his first full class. It is in terms of time in which he's been here, but all signs have, have pointed and all Intel that I received is that the first full high school class that they're going to turn full attention to is going to be the 25. 25 the expectation yeah. has been uh, for the lead up that this year and the previous year, we're going to be very heavy, heavy portal years. And of course, with the success that we've seen with the portal so far, he may want to continue that momentum, but I would look for a more complete uh, higher take rate, uh, larger quantity of recruits uh, with all the information that I've been told, everything that I've heard is that the 2025 class is really where he's going to start putting heavy emphasis on high school recruiting. Yeah, I think that's, that's really solid. I, I like what they've done because there was enough pieces left behind to build around and compete pretty quickly. I don't know if a lot of people agreed with that going into last season and maybe they were kind of proven otherwise, but I, I did feel like the, the cupboard certainly wasn't as empty as it was back when Satterfield took over in 2018. I mean, they weren't left the weapon to Vince Lococo. So, I mean, you, you know, it's not, it's, it's hard to compare, but I, I do think this class, you know, really shook out in a way that's an impactful high school class. I mean, I know again, it's only 14 guys that signed 15 total commits, um, and before 247 Sports pulled their national rankings down, Louisville had uh, five guys ranked in the top 500. I mean, that's a, that's a really nice class for Louisville, no matter who's the head coach. I mean, we've seen years where that's, you know, they haven't gotten anywhere near close to that. Uh, so you, you see them, um, you know, bring in some big names, kind of led by JoJo Stone, who was a late uh, commit, one of the latest in the class, the wide receiver uh, from uh, well, LSU, I think is where he had been. LSU, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a big time, big time flip. Yeah, he he had been committed to LSU for damn near over a year, and I guess LSU kind of cooled on him slash like he was kind of wanting to see where they wanted to go elsewhere because I think LSU was kind of looking at some other targets in the class, which, I mean, I don't want to say he peaked in his sophomore year, but I do think his film from his sophomore year was probably a little bit better. But, I mean, he's still a really good playmaker. I mean, when I was watching film uh, during that sophomore and junior year, I mean, like, as a playmaker with the ball in his hand, like he's explosive. He just has to continue to develop to become a more like complete receiver, which, I mean, if you're going to have anyone trying to develop an offensive skill position player, I think maybe outside of Ohio state, like you'd like it to be Jeff Robin company. Yeah. Louisville is loaded up on receivers. Again, they've got four in the class between the portal and uh, the high school ranks. So, and they already have a lot of guys who are coming back or at least it appears. So who were part of that class last year. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do there. Quarterback, obviously that's a big focus of a, of a coach's class because that really is, you know, what you're building around or at least one of the big pieces you're trying to fill. We've talked about Deuce Adams in the past when we've had you on and done recruiting. The intangibles look like they're all there. I mean, the guy's got great size. Um, you know, he's he's not necessarily an NFL 6'3", 6'4", but what, plays 6'1", 170, 175, going to be able to grow into that body a little bit uh, and plays this fun style of football. 
What do you think about him and what Louisville's getting and him kind of being the the future behind Pierce? I got to be honest, I, I really like – I like Deuce whenever he committed initially, uh, and I, I think that he got better throughout his senior year as well. I've seen a really good, steady improvement for him from him throughout his career. Uh, he shows me a lot of things to like. I don't think he's a, a superstar in terms of physical talent. I mean, he has requisite tools. He has the right size. He has good mobility. I mean, he he's come in immediately be one of the, the more mobile quarterbacks in the room. But I think the style of football that he plays with is really what Brom and company are looking for. He's He feels very much to the effect of a, a point guard type. He's a really good distributor. He has a good placement of the ball. He has a good feel for when receivers are going to be coming open. Uh, I don't think he's a, a game breaker with a, a rocket launcher cannon arm, but I think in terms of fit and plus adding some tools to maybe improve upon what quarterbacks have been in the past in the Brahm offense, I'm not surprised at all that this is the direction that they went. I think really high of him as a player. Uh, last time I evaluated him, I said a lot of the similar things, but I think he got, I mean, the maturity in his game. I think, he got better with his decision making. Um, I I like him. I think he was a great quarterback take this year, and I think that he fits really well within this offense with with what he brings to the table. Yeah, and I know uh, in the media availability earlier uh, this afternoon, Coach Brom talked about the the state of Texas and going in there and being able to grab player a player out of there, and that's a that's a big feat when you're able to do that. Um, and, and he really did kind of allude to them continuing to you know, go after guys that they like, regardless of what state they're in. You know, I find that to be kind of an interesting strategy rather than saying we got to go all in on these states that, you know, and there's still the pipeline kind of philosophy and thing that the, the states that you really feel comfortable with. But we've seen Louisville in the past two years go to California, to Texas to get quarterbacks. I mean, that's kind of not now what they've need done to, in the past. We just need to go to Iowa and get some offensive linemen. Yeah, like there's some really good, like or Nebraska. There's definitely Wisconsin, some Wisconsin, man. Yeah, yeah man. Well, hey, Noblesville, Indiana. How about that, man? That's that. That's some. That's a Big Ten offensive lineman hometown exactly. right there for yeah. you. Well, let me ask you this: Who is the you know kind of talk high level? But who are the kind of big names, the guys that you really expect to like pop out of this class? Uh, and Matt, I'll throw the same question to you after great answers. Obviously. People are going to, like we already talked about, people are going to be really excited about Deuce Adams. People are going to be really excited about JoJo Stone and no slight to them whatsoever. I think they're both going to be really impactful guys. But when I think about best player in this class, I'm thinking about Dylan Messman. I'm thinking about the tight end, four-star tight end out of Michigan. I I really like his game. He's very well-rounded. He blocks. He can play in line. You can flex him out, a little slot receiver. He does – He he doesn't have what I feel to be. He doesn't have one elite trait, but I think he has an extremely balanced game. Um, I think that he can he can fill a great numerous roles for this offense, whether it be blocking, uh, whether it be receiving. I think he's he's great in the contested catch situations, so he can you know he can make a a lot of different plays. I I, I feel being a looking at the other guys that we already have in the room, I can see an excellent complimentary two tight end set with Jamari Johnson, who is heralded as a great athletic receiving threat to Messman, who's a more traditional from a body type and from a, a game standpoint. Uh, honorable mention, I also want to say a guy who's a holdover from a previous commitment, who I, I really like his game is Isaac Brown. 
Um, so just off the on the higher end of the commitments, I think the two of them could both make uh, a heavy impact early in their career. JoJo Stone, yeah, he's a great guy. I've already mentioned that I think he's a phenomenal talent with the ball in his hands and has great run-after catch ability. But I think another guy who maybe has potential to see the, the field in year one, but it kind of depends on how the running back room shakes out and, and basically if Louisville gets Jalen Lucas, <laughs> um, is someone that I'm really high on is Duke Watson. I mean, when you take a guy who – it's from the state of Georgia, and he rushes for nearly 2,000 yards in a season. It's, pre- it's pretty good. I'm, I remember kind of watching his film. When you kind of look at some of his measurables, you think, okay, six foot, 180, probably a speed back. But, I mean, he is incredibly physical, and his instincts are what really jumped out to me just because he knew exactly how to diagnose the play as it's unfolding. He knew, like, what ain't uh, – what – holes to attack he took near perfect angles no matter where he was running on the field whether it was outside stretch inside zone doesn't matter he he was he knew the exact way to attack kind of to kind of beat leverage points on the edge or just kind of beat gaps in the middle and that's someone with how we've seen Jeff Brom evolve as a play caller and evolve like I guess in his offensive identity to incorporate the run a lot more I mean, as good as Isaac Brown is, and Isaac Brown is probably more of that all-purpose back mold where he can be used as out of the backfield, as a returner, as a slot back, what have you. But I think in terms of just pure running, rushing ability, I think Duke Watson, I wouldn't be shocked if two, three years from now, we'd be talking about someone who's like a star running back in the ACC. Yeah, it still remains to be seen uh, how – you know, obviously how freshmen will develop under Jeff Brom and really who's going to kind of emerge to be the first player that's the, the, the you know, big development. And there's still a lot of guys that uh, from this class this past year who could see the field this year, including a guy like Pierce Clarkson. Uh, and it makes things really interesting to throw some of these guys into the mix too. I mean, there, there's definitely no step back in talent. Um, and you see that in a lot of these positions, whether it be wide receiver, whether it be running back, obviously we finally see Jeff from get his guy at tight end. I think he could be an NFL quality tight end, but uh, it's going to be really interesting to see now again with the portal. You, It's almost like when you reload your starter and your backup every year, you know, and these young guys that you used to have as depth kind of fade each year and you're really just replacing them. So I, I'm really curious to kind of see, how this plays out. Um, Grant, we, we've seen plenty of guys come through the Louisville program over the years that have been, you know, three stars, two stars, um, you know, Ju- Juco guys, guys who come from uh, a Liberty or come from a different program that really don't have much expectation and they've become stars. Um, you know, Yaya Diaby is a guy that comes to mind uh, as of, as of late, a guy that you all, of course, were around uh, during his time, but who in this class is a player to watch? Maybe that's not at the top of the class. Maybe isn't somebody that uh, you know when when a headline name is is thrown out there, it's not their name, but somebody that in three four years could end up being a star on this team. I absolutely have an answer for this one. I uh, knew you he, would, man. That's it. Yeah. Look at this. this I really hope you don't take the same answer as me because I have a feeling I'm you saying, will. I'm saying your answer right now. This is Matt McGavick's answer, <laughs> and it's gonna be the cornerback. From Westlake, Georgia, Atlanta, Ramon Mosby. It was not your answer. Great, excellent. 
<laughs> you don't see the vision on that one like me. It's okay, bro. I'm just playing. Um, he's a. I think he's a great player. Uh, he's a. I, he's one of the favorite commits of one of the guys me and Vince both both used to work with. Shout out Ryan Fleming. Loves the guy. Um, but he he has the physical tools. He plays in a in a difficult area. I think that he has been improving on a very steady track as he comes up, given the current state of the cornerback room. I think that you're going to have an opportunity for guys to learn for some for, from some great talent, but also step in some depth pieces early. I would not be surprised at all to see Mosby be uh, a number one, number two corner within just a, a few years. I really like his game. I love the physicality he plays with. I think that he can he could really fill perhaps a Jarvis Brownlee type role for this defense player. I really like really under the radar. I was really surprised to not see his ratings see an increase throughout his senior year, but a player I really like. I I think we will see him on the field sooner rather than later. Someone that I think has some real potential once he like gets like a little bit of an adjustment period to college is uh, offensive tackle Ransom McDermott. I mean, first of all, he's six seven and three hundred pounds. I mean, if you if you want like a premier blindside blocker, you're gonna need size. And I mean, they don't get much bigger than six seven three hundred. I mean, that's like an NFL caliber uh, blindside blocker in terms of like just size. And the, the only reason I say like acclimation is because at a Noblesville, they ran this really kind of odd offense where like a lot of their offensive linemen lined up in four point stances it was it was kind of weird but like in in oh, times no. yeah they're getting in, cooked. in in times where like he lined up like a traditional tackle would he looked really damn good like he held his ground he didn't really he didn't show that he let guys buy him very easily now granted it's been like a while since i've actually watched the film on him so i'm going back through my evals on him but from what i saw just kind of reading by it like he he's got some very real potential i don't i don't know if he'll be a contributor year one but i think by the time his sophomore season rolls around he could very well be in the mix for probably starting tackle whether it be right or left yeah, and I, again, they they've got a number of those guys uh, in the class. Fred Johnson, Jimmy Williams, uh, bring in these guys with some interesting intangibles that uh, you know can sit and develop, and ultimately, hopefully, kind of take over and lead the way down the road. Switching over to guys who who don't necessarily need time to develop coming in from the transfer portal. Louisville has been on fire uh, the last couple of weeks. They already have what seventeen commit sixteen commitments from the portal. And uh, they have filled just about every need that has existed uh, on the roster over the course of about two weeks. I mean, it, it's really interesting. I think we need those you think of, yeah, man, yeah. I, hey, you know, a quarterback too, I guess. That's why you're at it uh, at this point. But what's really interesting is that the way that college football schedule is kind of shakes out is that the offseason kicks off before the year is over. And typically you don't see roster turnover happen until the year is over. Like imagine the NCAA tournament and basketball happening and guys are just like, nah, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to hit the portal now, get my offseason <laughs> started early. Like it's just no other sporting league that I can think of as the offseason begin in the season. Uh, but here we are before Louisville even takes the field 
for their postseason or season finale. Their last game was less than a month ago, and they've already grabbed 16 players who will make up the core of their football team next year. Uh, a lot to be excited about. Like, just if I read you these schools, like, this should get you excited. Alabama, Miami, Ohio State, North Carolina. Uh, Louisville has gone. They have gotten guys from big name blue blood programs. There's guys from Harvard who are smarter than all of us. There are guys from small schools that are local, like uh, uh, from a from a Louisville school, I should say, from Eastern Illinois. There's guys from Yale. There's guys from Northern Illinois. There's guys from San Diego State, Central Florida. There's really a little bit of everything in this transfer portal class. And I'm really interested to to learn more about each of these players and see kind of how they step in and what roles they fill. But, man, there is so much to be excited about. Uh, and, guys, I, I'll open up to all of us here. What What is what is the, the most kind of sexy addition that they made in the portal so far? Because there's really probably four or five guys that you could point to, and you're like, okay, yeah, he's like the star next year at his position. I got to go with four. Well, center two, but, I mean, four? Like, this, this guy legitimately – Probably could Strong have declared for the NFL now, but this uh, this is a guy who obviously like wants to like get his opportunity to perform at the power five level to show to scouts like, hey, I did this in Harvard, I did well, but this is what I can do with an uptick in competition. And like, when you can move as well as he can, and what did he have like forty five reps of two twenty five recently? Like there are max bench too. There are like all pro. NFL defensive lineman who can't do that right now and he's doing that in college and he's he's moving like a speed rusher like, I, I don't know what his three cone time was off the top of my head but it, I remember seeing a tweet from State Louisville saying that like he had a shuttle time that rivaled the top time in the combine this past year while having while he would have maxed out on the reps like having a guy who is that physical and that athletically gifted and that productive oh man the, the defensive line is going to be scary next season if it all comes together uh, it really has the potential to be like the focal point of the entire team i mean the fact that ashton gelati comes back you bring back mason Ryger, you get almost all potentially literally all of your interior linemen back plus you bring in some of the, the guys that we talked about including a thor griffith i mean phew. Good luck trying to, to trying to block them, uh, Grant. What about you, man? What 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 gets you going here from the transfer portal additions? I got so many guys on offense that I'm really really excited about. I'm just gonna bring up two in particular, and I'm gonna throw in an honorable mention. I'm gonna say honorable mention to my man Colin Lacey. I think he is going to be a baller. Definitely could fill a sort of. Jamari Thrash, like role guy moving from lower level to competition to higher level competition, really productive player. Uh, but I got to go first with a player who was one of my favorite watches in high school, who I absolutely loved, loved his tape in high school. And that's DeCorey Brooks. I like if you would have told me whenever he was being recruited the first time around that DeCorey Brooks was going to be a Louisville Cardinal, I would be psyched out of my mind. I'm slightly less sucked out of my mind as I would then, but I'm still pretty excited with <laughs> the with the talent that he has. And I still think he has a lot of untapped potential, a lot of physical tools. You know, he's 6'2", 195. He gives us some size on the outside, but he's not just a jump ball guy. He's got legitimate speed. 
He's got a lot of a lot of ability that he brings to this offense. I think he's a, a really, really, really talented player. I cannot wait to see how he's deployed. And the second one being the tight end for San Diego State, Mark Redman. I think he is going to be the best tight end we've seen at Louisville in in a little while now. Um, I I think he is great, not just from a receiving standpoint and what he could do in the past game, but he's a legitimate, sizable, difficult to move force in the run game. So I think adding that element and not having to do as much cycling through guys to try to find somebody that works and having someone who you know could be your number one go-to option at tight end, and then, you know, why not add two more guys behind them while you're at it, I guess? Um, <laughs> but those are the two I'm most excited about on on offense. I think Ja'Cory Brooks is a stud, loved his high school film, cannot wait to see what he does in this offense, and love also to get a legitimate star tight end. Yeah, man. I Look, I'm telling you, we, we spent a lot of time this year talking about what the offense potentially could be with a, a, a tight end that kind of fits at least a little bit more what Jeff Brom did at Purdue. Uh, and we saw Nate Kariski try to become that late in the season. They really kind of got the most that they could out of that. Uh, but bringing in a Mark Redman, it, it just it really gives them this weapon uh, in between the numbers and even outside the numbers uh, to move the chains, to be a security blanket, to really open things up uh, for Tyler Shuck or Pierce Clarkson or Brady Allen or whoever is playing quarterback for this team. I mean, it gives uh, just really a lot of security and comfortability as a quarterback. And, and you want that. What also will do that? is bringing in two offensive linemen who presumably will protect your left side and your right side, who are going to be 6'9 and 6'6, 308 and 315 respectively. We'll see where they shake out between Jonathan Mendoza coming over from Yale and Monroe Mills coming over from Texas Tech. But the the offensive line, fellas, I mean, assuming Michael Gonzalez comes back, assuming Renato Brown comes back healthy, Austin Collins comes back healthy, uh, there's a, a, another offensive lineman, and, I, and I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, but the the offensive interior offensive lineman from Western Michigan, uh, these guys are giving them just a lot of, of brute up front, just a lot of manpower to be able to, to run the football and to be able to pass protect. I mean, look. You just kind of mentioned it with the size and what it means to have some of that on the outside of the offensive line. Think about the Philadelphia Eagles. Think about a guy like Lane Johnson. I mean, just being six five, six six. The, the even Mackay Becton, the right tackle, the right tackle who we all love with the Jets, the guy that you you guys know very well. I mean, that's just that's the kind of size that you want. And, and Jonathan Mendoza probably going to play right tackle, maybe right guard. Who knows? They might play a little bit of both. There's just so many options that they have uh, because of the transfer portal and what they did at the offensive line. I, I love it, man. Um, all right, let's get out of here. Last thing we'll talk about is the quarterback position, Grant. I'm curious to get your your thoughts. Uh, Jack Plummer is out of here after the game uh, that we are getting ready to talk about on the show, the Holiday Bowl. Uh, and the future will kind of look a little bit different, but maybe not so much. This year, it's just a, what, a seventh-year senior that will be competing at the, the starting quarterback spot in Tyler Shuck. But what do you think with Pierce Clarkson, Tyler Shuck, Brady Allen, these guys? What what does Jeff Brom do there, and what do you kind of see game one when Louisville rolls the ball out? I would be largely surprised 
for it not to be shut. It just seems like that's the direction we want to go. And he's a guy who has, when healthy, been really productive and, and an impressive player. The thing that gives me the most pause is that we largely don't know what he looks like over an entire body of work throughout a season. And that's that's a hard thing to evaluate a quarterback with because in a season full of ups and downs and turbulence and road games, home games, I would like to see what an entire season's worth of production looks like. And and he's been injured the last three years. Uh, Luckily, they've not been soft tissue injuries, so they, they should, in theory, be less limiting on what his game could be less likely for re-injury risk. I, like I said, as of right now, I'm going to have to see what happens over the spring. I'm going to have to see what happens as the offseason progresses. I would be really surprised to not see Tyler Shuck out there to start, but hot take maybe just from some things that I've heard. Uh, Brady Allen had really start to come along near the end of the season or, or as the season progressed. Uh, obviously, we know that he's a, a legitimate Brom recruit, had him at Purdue. They have a great relationship with him. He has the physical tools that Brom and co are looking for. I would not be shocked. This is, this is a strange quarterback battle because I would not be shocked to see any of the three guys in order if I was picking today. I would probably think it'd be Chuck, Brady Allen, and then Pierce. Being most surprised if Pierce starts and least surprised if Chuck starts. Very interesting. Very interesting. So Tyler Chuck's the quarterback in your mind. What does that mean for the ceiling for Louisville football? Is this an ACC championship caliber team in year two? Do you think they get better? Are they the same? Do they take a step back? What does that look like with him as the quarterback? I think it improves our verticality. I like his arm strength a lot better. One of the things, one of my critiques that I had about Jack Plummer was that the ball lacked velocity a lot of the time whenever it came off of his hands uh, and he held it too long. Also, Shuck is a little too, or a little more mobile. So you have that element as well. That's not something that we've largely seen a lot within the Brom offense so far, but it's always nice to have somebody who can actually get out, extend plays. Uh, whenever they draw up those occasional options or design runs, you have somebody who could probably be a little more effective in those situations. From a purely quarterback play standpoint, based on the talent, I would say we're taking a step forward. I'm going to have to see how the rest of the offense shakes out. Uh, obviously, losing such a dynamic player like Jawar Jordan is going to be a big blow losing Garendo as well. You you lose your main one-two punch, and you're going in with a bit of an unknown to the running back room, and you're restocking with some new receivers. So I would think that they have similar potential, uh, if not higher potential, offensively speaking, going into this next season. But it's, it's one of those things where you have to see how they gel whenever they come together because it's going to be quite a few new pieces on this offense. So... I have faith. I think we could make it back to the ACC title game based off the talent. I don't see on paper a large step back here. I see potential for growth, but we're going to have to see how they play together. What would you grade? Last question here. What would you grade this, this run right here? These, these, what, what I say, 14 signees and 16 uh, transfers, the 30 guys coming in so far. What, what's the grade you give Jeff Brown and company for the off season? I'm going to get so far, I'm going to go B plus. Okay. I, I really like 
the direction we're going. The only reason I go lower like that, I I think we still have more to do in the portal. I don't think they're done. I think that we haven't seen the end of it yet. It's hard to grade the high school class knowing that it was going to be a smaller class. So, you know, judging or counting it against them that they only got 14 guys is not something that I'm going to do. But I don't – there's not – if we had kept TJ Capers, I think I would bump the high school class up. If we had kept him in this class, obviously he's on the team. But if we kept him in this class, I would feel higher about it. But I'm just not wowed by the high school class, which, again, we knew coming into it this was going to be a smaller one. There was just lower potential to do so. So I'm going to keep it as a B plus. I love what we're doing in the portal. I want to go and get Jalen Lucas, add another playmaker. Um, and I would also like to hopefully see some more corner additions. I know we've already got two, but that's a position group that may deal with some attrition again. So B plus overall, I, I think it very easily can turn into an A minus into an A, but that remains to be seen. But look here, man, I'm giving you an A plus. What a great appearance on the show. We can't thank you enough, man. We got to get you out of here, though, man. We got to get you back to your life so you can get some rest to get get prepared for your day job because you're out there grinding, man. We know you put in the work. You're not even just watching the film. You're watching the film on life. So, Grant, we thank you, sir, for jumping on the show. We've missed you. We hope to see you more often. Ladies and gentlemen, you can check Grant out. If you want more Grant, which who doesn't want more Grant? I think we all wake up saying more Grant, more Grant, more Grant. Locked on Louisville podcast with Dalton Pence. He's on there a couple times a month. Uh, So shout out to Dalton. Shout out to Grant. Grant, we appreciate it, brother. Go about your life. Go do do what you do, man, and we will talk soon. Great to talk to y'all, boys. Thank you very much for having me on. Go Cards. As always, I am currently sipping on some Mr. and Mrs. Bourbon. Mr. and Mrs., as you might know, is the official brand of Louisville legend Russ Smith. But what you might not know is that Mr. and Mrs. is becoming a national and global brand, shaking things up in the bourbon industry. Like basketball, bourbon has long been a passion for Russ, dating back to his college days. He studied and learned under some of the more renowned master distillers in the area. Mr. and Mrs. is more than a passion project. It's the culmination of a decade of painstaking work. Mr. and Mrs. is for everyone, from a more traditional 90 proof to a cash strength that's smooth. Be among the first to try Mr. and Mrs., the official bourbon of the state of Louisville, and from the Pink Seats podcast. On shelves anywhere you find your liquors or online at Bourbon.com. All the marbles, except for the marbles are like kind of like broken and we're like got pieces from other games. Uh, like it's, it's more it's like just, playing chess with like a couple chess pieces and some toy army soldiers. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> a, that is the equivalent of what the Holiday Bowl is for Louisville football in USC. Uh, I, I was talking to a friend the other day, and they were asking, you know, I I forget what it was, but how I got on the the subject of if I had money, what would I be doing right now? And I would be boarding a plane moments after my kids open their their holiday gifts on their Christmas gifts on Christmas Day to go out west to San Diego so I could go to the San Diego Zoo, so I could go and, uh, you know, hit the beaches on the West Coast and go to watch the Holiday Bowl. Unfortunately, that's not going to be the case this year. I will be watching from home, as I imagine most Louisville fans are. But, hey, I am extremely excited to have another game of football to watch. I think I – maybe I don't know if I've ever admitted this on the show – 
when I watch games that are away games or not at home, I chart every play and I like to take very detailed notes. And I really enjoy that. Like it's not going to the games and being with the fellas, but it is like in a way, like I'm like kind of really nerdy and I can walk back to my laptop and type my little notes out and then back in my living room. There are college coaches that would find you so freaking useful jacob in the middle Mm -hmm. so so throughout the game right there's always a guy in the press box this was seth price for us at louisville whenever sat and them were there that as you know sat is saying the play we have to have to have a way of charting the play and figuring out you know so whenever we go back and tag the film right right like whatever you right oh yeah you would be one you need to apply for that i I know a guy he's got a guy and i'll get you in contact with other guys and we'll get it I am getting so damn good at guessing how many yards a player got without the announcer telling me. I, it's a it's a skill, man. Look, I've been That's watching. Awesome. Yeah, see, exactly. Look, yeah, you can't, go, man. Go, you should go do like high school you, announcing or something like that. Go rejoin your alma mater, Eastern, and hey, hey, be hey, the voice of the Eastern idea. Eagles or something. That's right, man. So oh, he would idea. he would kill it. I oh, would yeah. kill it. That's right. That's right. Well, hey, and you know, we just we just talked, uh, you know, some recruiting, and we didn't really get into this, but shout out. Trinity High School, were, were we about to be on the verge of the first season without a Trinity High School player in ages? Like, if it, it's not for Blake Ruffin, who comes to I the program from his, last year. Uh, excuse uh, me. Stephen yes, Heron. Yes, yeah. we did. Stephen yeah, Heron, yeah. yeah. But he was the only one, Vince, and he wasn't yeah. going to be on the team this year. There's no other Lococos. There's no yeah. Tronzos. There's no uh, any other player from Trinity. We were going to be a Trinity-less team, Vince. I – Oh, we, I mean, we, we, I mean really we've got have... we've got three Hall of Famers on staff, so that counts yeah, for something. True. Okay, so maybe we <laughs> yeah, make up well, for it that yeah, way. Yeah. But but nobody on the field. Uh, but now we get Blake Griffin, uh, Blake Griffin, Blake Ruffin out of Eastern Illinois, and I'm pumped. I'm here for it, man. I'm here yeah. for it. Love some Trinity grads. We got an Eastern player. We got a Trinity player. Maybe we'll get Jalen Carter a year of eligibility. Matt, hey, get a just get the guy best on the one. roster. Let's go. Just get Let's the best go. ones around here. I know there's Matt likes to talk about it all the time. How it's not the biggest breeding ground of uh, college athletics. Or yeah, I was about to say, don't sports, don't make me but, get on my tangent again. But, but get, it, I you have to agree with me. Get the ones. Get the ones that are. Yeah, get the ones that are, that are productive. Good. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Gotta, like, right. don't let no reason a guy like JJ Weaver should be playing down the street in blue. My two cents. But That's we'll, right. But we'll, hey, we got Sean Boykin. Shout out. To, first of all, shout out Grant. Man, Grant's my dude. Oh, yeah, I love Sean Boykin. Sean, but you know who he played for back in the day? Rico Hughes, Future Stars. There you go, R- Rico, a man of a man He's, of the state. That's it's a man getting teased. Send him our way. We're slowly starting to turn the tables here, and it's only a matter of time before Mark Stoops is the head coach of Iowa, and this this battle becomes less of a, a conversation because the big dog probably comes to Louisville or goes to Iowa, and people aren't going to Iowa from Louisville. There's no so, way the big dog comes to Louisville. Mm, There's no way. We'll see. We'll see. Say, on okay. air, you hear me right now. I'll Venmo both of you all five dollars if Stoops leaves to go to Iowa and the big dog comes to the boat. Do I get five dollars for both? Yeah, but both I will so have 10 to bucks. ten dollars total, five dollars. Okay, all right. There's like no it. way that meatball head comes over here. Okay, well, here we go. Let's hop in the DeLorean. A <laughs> couple weeks back, Louisville football season uh, that was such a on such a high note uh, heading into its first ever ACC championship appearance, heading into the opportunity to win 11 games, the opportunity to be ACC champions, obviously not make a playoff at this point because of the loss to Kentucky the week prior, but ultimately have one of the best seasons in school history. 
and they fall short of that, 16-6. to six. Jack Plummer throws for just 111 yards. They couldn't do anything offensively. Injuries everywhere. Jawar Jordan, we now know, battling some pretty severe injuries throughout the year. Not the same team. Defensively, they have a hell of a game, their best game of the year, potentially, but just not enough to to win. And since then, Louisville has had some, you know, some guys who have said, you know, I am not going to play in the bowl game, going to head off and start my professional career. That is Jamari Thrash and Jawar Jordan, uh, two guys that Louisville obviously leaned on heavily this year. So this team is going to look a little bit different heading into a game against USC. Um who is also going to look different, but like Louisville kind of like got a black eye and USC, like their face is missing. Like it's that the difference <laughs> is not the, the difference is not the same. Uh, when you look at what USC is going to have to deal with in this one, but nonetheless, look, Lincoln Riley, still the head coach at USC, still a premier name brand college football program, still an opportunity to go out into the West coast place where you've been recruiting and planting some some flags and seeds, hoping to produce fertile grounds, and you get a chance to potentially beat the top dog out there. That's a big deal. Uh, so there's a lot to really be excited about. I mean, the storylines really, uh, you know, when you again, it feels like it was months ago that Louisville football played, but uh, there is a lot that really stands out in this one. And, again, I mentioned USC looking different just to – kind of set the playing field here of what we're talking about starting quarterback likely number one NFL pick Caleb Williams not playing in this game starting running back leading rusher not playing Marshawn Lloyd will not play in this game already declared for the NFL draft Brendan Rice the leader in touchdowns on this team with 12 receiving touchdowns second leading receiver in yards opting for the NFL draft will not play in this touchdown and then star safety Kalen Bullock who has not yet officially announced, but it is a, uh, appeared by all means, will not play in the game next week. Star safety likely to be a top pick in the first three rounds of this draft of the draft of 2024, not playing. So all that and a ton of transfer portal. Malachi Nelson, who is a star five-star quarterback portal. Tackett Curtis, one of their star linebackers portal. Dejon Benton, one of the, the most productive defensive linemen portal. So uh, they look a little bit different. Louisville doesn't look that much different, but still missing their stars. So let's start with this. What's what's the offense look like here? Because you're, you know, is it pound the ball with Isaac and, and Maurice Turner, maybe a little Keywan Brown in there since we're not losing a, a game or any eligibility? Uh, do we start to sling the ball? Because you have Chris Bell, you have Amari Huggins-Bruce, you have Kevin Coleman, you have Nate Kariski, you have Joey Gatewood, you've got Josh Lipson. Do we spread the ball around, become a pass-heavy offense against a poopy defense? What do we do here? What do we think, guys? What's the game plan offensively for this Louisville team? I, I honestly don't think the game plan is going to be too terribly different from what we've seen in the second half of the season. And I say that because, I mean, during the second half of the year, Louisville has already experienced what it's like to not have – either Jaws or Jamari at their disposal because of injuries. Uh, Jaws, after that hamstring injury, clearly was not the same player. And now we know that on top of the hamstring, he was dealing with a knee injury. So he wasn't nearly as efficient as he was. So they kind of had to lean on Isaac a lot more in that running back room and kind of get a little more creative on that front. And then with Jamari, 
it was a little bit of the same. Like, and he actually missed a game in the, in that second half of the season after he had surgery on his wrist, and they kind of had to rely on some other guys in that receiver room. It wasn't nearly as successful as having to rely on Isaac as the backup in the running back room. But there were there were moments where guys like Chris Bell, guys like Kevin Coleman, Amari, they they had pockets of moments throughout that second half, whereas Isaac kind of, you know, took it off and went. So I think it's going to probably be a more so a run first type approach, just because we've already seen that, you know, Isaac Grindo has been on tear for the, for the last few games, ever since, you know, Jaws has kind of been, I don't want to say out of the mix, but he, he hasn't been the Jaws that we saw in the first half of the season. And as far as like the, the passing attack goes, I mean, still try and spread the ball out as much as you can just because, I mean, since you're not going to have your go-to guy who's going to catch most most things you throw his way, and they've already started to do that the last few weeks. I know I can't remember, like, which games they did it, but there were several, like, a handful of games in the second half of the season where they tossed it to 9, 10, 11, 12 different receivers when you look at the final box score and, and there's not one guy that dominated all the touches or the targets or reception or whatnot. So I, I honestly, even with the loss of Jawar and Jamari for this game, I don't think the game plan is going to be that different, to be honest with you. No, and you know what? They have the benefit of going into it with the majority of their team intact. I think that's what makes this team really interesting, right? Like, even if Ashton was going to go pro, which we now know that he is not, there was nobody on this team who you look at and you said, okay, maybe outside of Jawar and Jamari Thrash because of injuries, they're going to sit out, right? And Louisville only has, at this point, suffered a very small uh, percentage of deflection on their, their team from guys who have hit the portal. They have nine transfers at this point and only two guys who are really serious contributors. So, the majority of this team is intact looking to put the bow on us this season, whereas USC is without their defensive coordinator, without their starting quarterback, without their star transfer, you know, uh, or star five-star quarterback who probably would have at least played in this game, wouldn't have been the starter. And then a number of, of depth guys, key position and, guys. And you know Just, what else, Jacob? I think uh, also to take into account, sorry to cut you off, is I wouldn't be surprised if Cliff Kingsbury's interviewing for jobs as we speak and could potentially have a job within the next however many days you know what i mean and be they yeah. can be about him yeah right exactly so this game is just really interesting in that regard um I, as far as you know what i think and what i kind of expect with this with this team is one they they can rush the passer they've got very talented edge rushers they've got defensive linemen that are productive they are not a team though that can really stop big plays they don't really have the ability to uh kind of build momentum and what louisville does best this season is keep drives alive and that is with run play action pass third down option, come back and do it all over again, do, you know, whatever the case is, score three, score seven. I think Lula has the chance to really, you know, will come in with just such a sound game plan with their guys doing what they did all season long uh, versus USC trying to piecemeal it together to get through one more game. And, and because of that, I think that we could see Louisville dominate, you know, like you know, I, I'm not saying they're going to come in here and blow them out, but I could see Louisville in a situation where they control this football game from start to finish. 
Uh, and, and by the end of it, you just are really kind of like last year against Cincinnati, like just applauding how they carried themselves and how they really kind of put together a full effort in a game where there's just a lot going on in college football off the field. That's just the way that it is in this day and age. Storylines that I'm really interested in watching is Jack Plummer, though. Obviously, Florida State was not his best performance, really up and down to finish the season. You know, obviously, you can, um, you know, we've talked a lot about why they didn't make a move or should they have made a move and what that looked like for the team and, you know, kind of what we expect with USC. And and you guys both said that it would be more likely that a blowout takes place to get two quarterbacks on the field, more so than two guys being actively involved in the game plan. But I'm still at the point where I know, you know, in years past, whether it's Satterfield, whether it's strong, weird things happen in bowl games, weird things happen on senior day. I envision this being a game where they come into a very unique strategy, very unique concepts, and we see two quarterbacks. And I'm excited about that. But I also think we're going to see a very crisp Jack Plummer, a guy who's on his P's and Q's. Maybe we see a, a misplay here or there, but I expect 250-plus passing, comfortability in the pocket, being able to get his guys going. Yes, he's missing Jamari Thrash, but he's got the weapons around him to to be productive. What do you guys think in terms of what you get out of Jack Plummer? I think this could be his best game of the year. I mean, a Pac-12 defense is something that he has seen before. It is something he's definitely very familiar with off of last year at Cal. Uh, you know, I think I, – I know, you know, right after the game, if you would have asked me how I felt, I'd be like, oh, man, I don't know. They, you know, definitely two-quarterback system. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> having time to, like, settle my thoughts and really think about it, I don't think – I'm going to have to di uh, disagree with you again, Jacob. I don't think that we'll see two quarterbacks at all unless it's going to be a blowout. Uh, yeah. I think Jack, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's going to be 200 plus. I'm even saying low threes. I could see him throwing in the low threes with it being a bowl game. Like you said, crazy things happen in bowl games on senior day. Uh, I mean, right, think about Devontae Pete scoring a touchdown in the 2019 Music City. Right. Like that is something right. you never would have thought of or uh, – Stuff like that. TJ Hole having a great game that year, that game as well. Like it's crazy stuff like that that happens in bowl games, uh, especially with him being out west on the West Coast and seeing a Pac-12 defense, you know, for a full season already. I, I think I think he put up some numbers. And to kind of back up your point, Vince, like let me let me read you a Jack Plummer's stat line from the 2022 season uh, when he was at Cal against USC. 35 for 49, so that's a completion rate of 71.4, which is good. Uh, and he threw for a crisp 406 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception for a QB rating of 157.2. So, yeah, I'd say he had some success against USC's defense. How much are our fans bitching about that one interception if he puts up those numbers? Oh, <laughs> especially if it's within the red zone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 We yeah, win exactly. like 44 to 10, and they're like, that one pick, man. Like, if that's not the Jack Plummer experience. <laughs> yeah. But look, if you're Jack Plummer and you want any chance of a of, of football career after this game, which, you know, it, it's really hard to play professional football at the quarterback position because only one guy can play at a time. There's only so many on a roster, but it's a lot easier now though, with the XFL Jacob and like the other avenues, he could yeah. definitely be a uh, first round XFL draft pick and make at least a decent living doing that. Yeah, right. Exactly. But my point being is he is going to go up against Miller Moss, who is the backup for USC 
um, has very limited experience. And what you can't have happen if you're Jack Plummer is you walk out of this game and Miller Moss has outperformed you. That, that didn't necessarily happen with Brock Glenn, but Brock, Brock Glenn walked away with a W. And so he, in in that form or in that fashion, is is victorious over Jack Plummer. In this game, if you're Jack, like, it is your final game. You have to make this all worth it to make this season, you know, really kind of hit the peak of what it can be. And and to do and to do that, you have to you have to outduel the other quarterback. And that is a guy who is stepping into his first career start uh, for a team that's reeling, a team that has only won one game in the last two months, a team that is uh, giving up an insane amount of points per game, a team that has just a ton of turnover already. Sixteen guys in the portal. They've already, you know, missing several key starters, as I alluded to earlier. Uh, but still, for USC, like the last storyline here, you know, the, the kind of big thing is when you look at them and you say, okay, they're they're missing a lot of guys. Who do they have? What what it what are they? They are a team that does have some talented pieces. Um, a guy in Austin Jones, who was the second leading rusher on this team, and a guy that Louisville fans would be glad to have. 417 yards, nine touchdowns, will lead the Chargers, their rushing leader. And Taj Washington was their leading receiver overall, uh, nearly a 1,000-yard receiver, looking to kind of put the bow on his season and, and become an NFL guy. Deuce Robinson, another name that Louisville fans might know from the recruiting class last year, another star wide receiver for USC, uh, and will be stepping into a much bigger role. But he's going to obviously play a factor. And then some defensive pieces, Solomon Bird, Bear Alexander on the defensive line, Jalen Smith, a safety. They also will have, you know, somewhere between three to four of their starting offensive linemen playing most of their defensive line. Linebackers, cornerbacks will go. So they are also going to have some continuity, but they are a team that has struggled, really lacking confidence. Not sure how you get that much confidence uh, in this in this period of time but again bowl games anything can happen you you know air force louisville a couple of years ago is a great example of that we've seen bowl games not go louisville's way you don't come prepared you, you you're there not for business but for pleasure and you're talking about a different outcome on the way out and so I think for louisville there's obviously you want to win this game right that's the big thing but defensively I think you want to carry momentum into 2024 because you have the chance to have a top defense in the country pass rushing. I mean, they could be number one in sacks again in 2024 or in 2024 uh, with Ashton and Mason, plus the combination of guys they have back plus Thor Griffith, plus, you know, whatever the case is, but you continue this momentum. You have a strong game. You shut down that USC offense. And then offensively you let, you know, <laughs> this is going to sound silly when I say it, but, you let Jack Plummer ride off into the sunset. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he's Joe Namath <laughs> in, in the Holiday Bowl, not in the Super Bowl. but in the I'm picturing Bowl. him riding off on a horse and looking back at us Shaking with his cowboy the hat and giving us See, a little. <laughs> I just like picture, you know, the Joe Namath moment where he's riding through the tunnel and the finger is waving and he's – that's just Jack Plummer with that stash being equally as thick Turns as around, it was. That's the heart. <laughs> right. And there's nobody cheering for him. It's just hey, I'll be cheering, man. No, like in person. Sorry, that sounds awful. But like he's just moving in slow, physically at the game because nobody traveled. Yeah, exactly right. Because no one's going to San Diego, right? But yet this moment looks just so cool because it's the kid. The camera's capturing in slow motion, and he's just waving. (laughs) It's his moment. But that's what you know. That's what I want to see. Um, And I, I just. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm a homer, but I feel really confident that Louisville is going to dominate this one. Chris, like that Chris just... Taylor Yamanoa has oh, the yeah. best picture with Lamar Jackson walking off the field in the Mississippi State Bowl. Uh, whenever we played Mississippi State in 17, Lamar's last game, it looks like him yeah, and Lamar are best. Bowl, yeah. It looks like their best. No, it's the tax layer. It looks like their best friends because his arms wrapped around. It's like we've been through so much. <laughs> See, <man>. that's the... <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah, I'm that's the picture. Doing. Yeah. That's exactly right, man. That's I'm with exactly you, though, right, man. But... I'm very confident with this game, uh, with how poor uh, USC's defense has been all year. Uh, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that we'd be playing USC in the Holiday Bowl, I'd be like, what happened this year? Because one, you know, USC was supposed to be this national powerhouse playing in the playoffs right now. And two, what happened for us to get into the Holiday Bowl? So, like, that'd be where I'm kind of at. So, I, I'm confident with this. I, I love – the matchups, I th- I'm very confident with Jack coming in, especially after Matt giving me those great numbers against USC last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jack only has better weapons around him now and, you know, a shittier USC defense. So Yeah, right. And if, if Louisville can't score in this game, there's some questions about why. Like, you know, realistically, we were walking oh, yeah. away from this game saying, why could you not score? Because I'm going to read you this these scores, and you're going to say, well, yeah, Louisville should have no problem, right? Even in some of the wins this season, USC gave up 28 points to San Jose State. USC gave up 28 points to Arizona State, gave up 41 points to Colorado, gave up 41 points to Arizona, gave up 49 points to California. In losses, gave up 48 to Notre Dame, 34 to Utah, 52 to Washington, 36 to Oregon. So this is a game where minimum Louisville should score at least four or five touchdowns. And... What they have going for him is, again, yes, Jamari Thrash not playing in this game, but when you have a club on your hand, you're about uh, as talented as me catching the football. Like, And that's not your choice. Well, do you think about Jalen Smith in the bowl game in 2017 having to catch the ball with one hand and palming the ball and that later leading to turnovers and fumbles and stuff like that? So it's not really ideal and is the smartest decision for both him and Jaws' draft stock. Which, yeah, I mean, exactly right. No, no one's going to blame him. But what we've had to do, what Louisville's had to do this season is get Nate Kariski, Kevin Coleman, Joey Gatewood, Chris Bell, other guys involved. So there's going to be that comfortability, Amari Huggins-Bruce, with just spreading the ball out to guys that you've already been throwing to. Um, and so with that, I think Louisville has the edge. We're going to see, of course, guarantee, trick play, my hot take, somebody else throws a touchdown in this game that's not Jack Plummer, Joey Gatewood. Joey Gatewood touchdown. Joey play. Gatewood. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> Evan Conley jump pass on the goal line. Let's Man, if Let's we get that get this it. game, oh, I'm going to be so it. pissed because Talk we should have been running that four games, five games before. Yeah, when it, right, in the Florida yeah. State, when you're on the yeah. goal line and you're like, come on, like just do something to do to try to get them into the end zone. Yeah, but this is a game Louisville should have no problem scoring the football. You do want to see them, though, defensively tackle Austin Jones. Make sure you take care of business there. Look, Taj Washington, Zachariah Branch, Deuce Robinson, and Mario Williams are all very talented receivers. Between them, they are they have ten touchdowns overall, eleven touchdowns. Dorian Singer gives them fourteen touchdowns. That's still a very talented group. Mason, uh, excuse me, Miller Moss was a, a very talented kid coming out of high school, um, and so there is the the ability for USC to get it going. So it's going to be very important to rush the passer, take advantage of an injured offensive lineman that will be without one of their best, most likely, uh, in this game. Get Ashton Gelati going. Get Mason going. Get get Stephen Heron a West Coast sack, man. That's another Pac-12 guy up there. Send him out in style. I'm really expecting to see a, a Music City-like uh, kind of atmosphere. 
in 2019 where they used this game. Uh, and you really see, you know, just uh, that's not a great example of using it for positive momentum. Maybe Cincinnati last year is a better <laughs> example, but um, COVID, right? I mean, hey, you know, you probably no, obviously get the flirtation with South Carolina. That's really that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. Uh, but you just you hope to see them kind of come out there and the camaraderie in this game uh, stands out, and you see these guys play for one another and for you know a special season and. Again, it's not what you wanted it to be overall. You didn't win the ACC championship, but, you know, winning the Holiday Bowl and carrying that momentum over into next year when you have a, a pretty strong schedule and the opportunity to come out ranked to start and really have that momentum, it's important that they put the the stamp on this game. Uh, so I'll be watching for that. Dominate. Physical. Like, I get into vacation out west, but let's come out. Let's just own the point of attack, dominate the line of scrimmage, run the football, get Isaac Gariendo going, um, throw some trick plays in there, but still do what you have to do. Don't get overcomplicated with it. And then defensively, Quincy Riley, Jarvis Brownlee, Cam Kelly, Devin Meal, Devin Neal, TJ Quinn, take care of business. Ashton Jelani Mason, get the sacks. Let's go out there continue that momentum that we saw in the Florida State game and and handle business here. Uh, and that leads us into predictions where Vance, buddy, man, you had a good, you had a good lead here for a little while. And unfortunately now you've <laughs> fallen into last place. We move into the final week of the season Rigged. with predictions. We're trying to figure out who's going to win this. So we've got more predictions for more points to see if maybe we can get a tie to, to be eliminated here. But we go into this with bat. Myself and Presley all tied at 13 after we predicted Florida State to win over Louisville in the ACC championship. Vince, no one will ever mistake you for a a uh, or a, a label you for not being a Louisville fan. You picked that the good game guys. is complete BS. Nobody in our fan base could have predicted our offense to come out there and play that freaking poorly. That's fine. Yeah. That little points that it, we should have won that game. That was complete bullshit. I'm not hearing anything. I totally hear you. I totally hear you. So, yeah, it's not like the Ole Miss game. Whenever my first episode, whenever I'm out here pulling scores out of my butt. That's right. Yeah, I'll give you that. So tonight we'll predict score, first touchdown score, leading receiver with Jamari Thrash out. And we will lead off with press here. He is going Louisville 39, 49, USC 38. Uh, so not much of a defensive performance for Louisville, according to him. First TD is Nate Kariski. And his leading receiver is Amari Huggins Bruce. So uh, it's really funny how we all do this every episode. I see the score, the score sheet here. I love that. Uh, for me, I'm going 35 to 20. I think, as I mentioned, Louisville will have no problem to score here. I'm going to go Isaac Guriendo is the first scorer, and Kevin Coleman is the leading receiver for Louisville football. I think he will have 100 yards in this game. A little hot take for you there. No one asked for that, but there's that little nugget for you. So what we got, Matt? We'll come to you next. I'm going to go 42-28. I know that they're going to be missing Caleb Williams, Marshawn Lloyd, Brennan Rice. And Mario Williams, he's actually not going to be playing either. He entered the portal. Either either entered the portal or declared. I can't remember, but he's not going to play. Uh, I mean, Lincoln Riley is still like a really creative offensive mind. There's still plenty of talent. But that defense is fucking terrible. And it's only going to get worse with all the talent that they're starting to hemorrhage from the portal. So USC's defense is one of those team – when I was just kind of looking at their stats, like they've had a whole bunch of guys who statistically had good individual seasons, but when you put it all together, it's just terrible. So I, I think Louisville's going to be able to move the ball like pretty freely in this one. They'll probably give up some points just because that's how who Lincoln Riley is as a coach. So I'm going to go 42-28 Louisville and 
I'm just going to say Presley stole my stole my thunder because I also have Nate Kariski as the first touchdown scorer and Amari Huggins-Bruce as the leading receiver just because AHB's got involved in pockets the last few games. Like, he's had moments shine through, and I think in a game where you know Thrash is not going to play, this could be his opportunity to shine. I should make one of you all pick a different receiver or first touchdown score, theoretically. I'll let it stand. I really don't have time for this. Vince, what do you got? Last one of the year, fellas. I mean, who yes, is- it's sad, man. It's I'm sad. so sad. About when, football season, when football season's over and like Saturdays, there's just something special about waking up that first Saturday of football season. You walk outside, you go get your breakfast sandwich or coffee, you come back and turn college game day on. And it's like, ah, oh, we're starting a journey. And to finally end it on this, man, it's, it's, it's been a good year. I'm going to go 48 21. Good guys. With my first touchdown scorer being finally Chris Bell. <laughs> Just because we haven't hit hit on that one <laughs> yet. No. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> that seems like a running joke all year yeah, long. Right. Like you pick Chris I Bell. Know. Probably not happening. Oh, even better. Leading receiver, Jack Plummer. Oh my no. I'm kidding. It'll be uh Oh, I'm I'm on the Kevin Coleman train with you, Jacob. I think what if, for whatever reason in my gut, I mean, I was trying to find a way to throw it in there. In my gut, I feel Kevin Coleman is going to have a good game. Yeah, I do too. That's weird. We must have missed a lot of opportunities. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's missed a lot of opportunities with like drop passes, stuff right off yeah. his fingertips. You're like, oh man, that's just a it's a big play right there, kicking the balls. And I think he will I think he'll make those plays and you know propel himself into a good 2024. So yeah, yeah, and that's what it's all about at this point. This game is a glorified exhibition game, but uh, the momentum into the polls, obviously it's – the preseason polls are only what they are, but, you know, early positioning, and if you win, you're only going to go up. If, so that matters uh, in this game. You, you make an impression on the voters in next season. Well, it means a lot for where you get voted. Like, like whenever we lost in 16, Jacob, like all we talk about now is – Lamar won the Heisman that year, and we lost the last three games of the season. Yeah, that's right. all you. That's all you talk about, and that's the narrative you have to write right now with this game. Is like you dropped UK, you dropped Florida State. Are we going to drop the bowl game now too? And we're going to leave with this sour taste in our mouth, or are we going to, you know, finish with a good year? We will find out December twenty seventh, just one week away from the finale for Louisville football. As I mentioned, I'm very sad, but. We will uh, keep you covered through the offseason as we always do here on the first and only Louisville-specific podcast from the Pink Seeds podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's been a great episode. Big shout-out to our friend Grant Mulligan. Shout-out to to Matt. Shout-out to Vince. Shout-out to Presley. Shout-out to everyone for listening. I can't encourage you enough to subscribe. Anywhere you get your shows from, follow us on Twitter at Pink Seeds Pod, at the State of Blue, at UofL Report. And we will catch you in just a couple of days after a bowl game, hopefully with a W, as we head off into the official start of the offseason and recap what we just watched for 15 weeks out of our lives. Uh, and I can't wait. Hopefully we got a W sitting on the plate on Christmas, uh, right after Christmas ending in New Year's. So until then, Jacob Lane, Matt McGavick, Vincent Lococo, Vincent Lococo signing off. Go Cards. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, 
and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.